Good morning, y'all. Hope everybody's doing good here in the room and out there on the YouTube and the Facebook. Um, glad to be able to still worship with y'all. Y'all, we don't even have to be in the same room to worship, believe it or not. It's not just something that we get the opportunity to do here in the building. Of course, this is our family reunion, you know. I, I like to say that every week, but, you know, this is family reunion right here. Whether you're in the room or watching online, we get to worship God together collectively. And it's just a cool thing that our God is not held in a room. He's not. He's everywhere. So whether you're here in the room this morning or watching live or months from now, we get to worship together right now, and it's a cool thing. So I'm excited, and I hope y'all are this morning as well. I'm going to set this back real quick. But y'all, I'm excited I get to share with you. Um, just to kind of give you a heads up, we're going to be in Galatians this morning. Um, I was telling Nick just before, uh, well, right after getting here and just before coming up, coming back over here, that I was excited about this morning because I've been studying through Galatians for the past, like, three months. And as I've been studying, I was just, you know, I thought, honestly, that was just for myself. I thought it was just my own personal study. But it's cool how God works in that. I didn't know I was going to be up here preaching Galatians this morning. I did not at all. And God gave me the opportunity. I'm thankful for it. But it's cool to see how God works because as soon as y'all started playing that first song, Scott, Jailbreak, I love the title of it. It's just talking about how we get to break free, break out of the chains, break out of what holds us back, break, break through everything because of Jesus. Bars can't hold us back, you know? A jail cell can't hold us back. We don't have to be in bondage to our old selves anymore. That's why I love that song. It's perfect. You'd think that we had planned it out and that I had talked with Scott about what I was going to preach, but we didn't. That's just the Holy Spirit showing up and working, and it is such a cool thing. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be in Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter 5 to be specific. If you wanted to go ahead and turn there, if you're using a Bible in here or out there this morning, you can go ahead and turn to Galatians 5, uh, and we're going to read it it's going to sound like a lot, but it's going to go by quick, okay? Uh, verses 1 through 18. So Galatians 5, verses 1 through 18. I'm going to read them, and then we're going to pray, and then we'll hop into it, all right? So here we go. It says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen. I, Paul, tell you this, if you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eager, uh, eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. 
I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. For you have been called to live in freedom, brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So, I say... Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, uh, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Yeah, that's some powerful stuff. I think that said it all, right? All right, but let's pray. And let's dive into it a little bit deeper this morning. God, we just thank you for this morning. God, thank you for the sunshine. God, thank you for a place that we can come to worship you. God, whether it's here in this building or in our homes, or God, in our cars as we travel wherever we're going. God, you are not bound by time or space, and I just thank you for that. Your Holy Spirit can show up anywhere and everywhere. And God, that is just an amazing thing. You proved it this morning. (laughs) There was no communication between me and Scott about what I'm preaching on. Yet, you showed up and you you told him to play jailbreak. God, that's exactly what we're talking about this morning. So I just thank you. Thank you for showing up in our lives. God, right now, right now, I pray that you would open up our hearts, Open up our minds and open up our ears to what you have to say to us because you're laying it on thick. (laughs) So help us to just listen. God, we don't want to just hear you. God, we want to attentively listen to what you have to say to us this morning. So God, I pray that everything I say is going to be your words this morning, not mine. Help us to listen. It's all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So just a little bit of background to Galatians. Like I said, I've been studying it for three months, all right? And it's cool to see how Paul uh, brings us into it. It's not an easy book to read, y'all. It's not an easy book to read. And I don't mean that, like, the language is difficult. Uh, What I mean is that Paul is talking to the Galatians, a church that he started on his first missionary journey, right? And then he hears back about them that these people called the Judaizers had come in and started preaching what he calls a false gospel. And so if you know what the word gospel means, it means good news. And that would kind of suck to have fake good news told to you, wouldn't it? But that's exactly what was happening. They were being told fake good news. Like, hey, you can have this great thing over here, but you got to do these random steps to, uh, to, to actually get it. So what they were doing was, was they were saying that you can have salvation and you can have it through Christ. 
but you have to take these extra steps in addition to it. You can't just believe in Jesus, you have to do these things as well, right? That's what the Judaizers were saying. There were Jewish people who were coming in, and yes, they believed in Jesus, but they said that there's extra steps. There's extra steps. And that's a dangerous thing, right? Paul calls it a false gospel, a fake good news. Because if you still have to earn your salvation, how is that any how is that better than what you had before? You know, you're still working for something that you're never going to attain. So it's fake good news. And guess what? They were really focusing on circumcision here. But I'm here to tell you, it's more than just that, right? Do you know how many laws were in the Old Testament? Just random. Do y'all, do y'all know how many laws were in the Old Testament? Don't Google it for you out there. Seriously, there was 613 laws that were in the Old Testament that they wanted and that they were trying to push onto the people who had just accepted Christ. And trying to say, yeah, you have Jesus, that's great. But do these other, 600, do these other 613 things. And that'll make sure you're really saved. <laughs> it's a dangerous thing. So, in other words, they would deny the fact that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's a dangerous thing. So, let me just give you a few examples to uh, what the Judaizers would probably say to us today. And the thing is, we still fall into the trap of that sometimes. But Something that the Judaizers would say to us is, if you had bacon before you showed up this morning, it's a bad thing. If y'all are eating bacon right now, the Judaizers would say, that is a bad thing, right? Because pork was an unclean, it was an unclean, pigs were unclean animals, there we go, and pork was an unclean food. Um, This is the one that got me, okay? If you eat your steak, medium or less, cooked medium or less, the Judaizers would be after you. If it's cooked anymore, I'll be after you, okay? But if you, if you like your steak cooked medium or less, the Judaizers would be after you because the Old Testament law, the, the Mosaic law, said you can't eat, or Levitical law said you can't eat blood. Like, you, you can't eat the blood of an animal, all right? Uh, also, if you're wearing a shirt this morning that's got multiple fibers mixed in it. If you look at the tag whenever you get home and it says that uh, more than just cotton or whatever, if there's a blend in your clothes, the Judaizers would be after you. What I'm getting at is there's a lot of little things that they were trying to add on when at the end of the day, it doesn't make much sense. It's, it's not worth anything to us now. It's, it's, it's a hill of beans. In comparison, right? What Paul was getting at is that there are bigger things going on in the world around you than the 613 laws that they're trying to push on you. All that is needed in your life is Jesus because Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Right? But I want us to think about it for a second. We fall into that trap, don't we? A lot of times we think, Man, it doesn't make sense that salvation should just be free, does it? 
I need to do these things. And we guilt ourselves into it sometimes. But guess what? That's the wrong, that's the wrong idea. Salvation is free. Salvation is free. Salvation is free. Salvation is free. I can't say it enough, okay? All we have to do is trust in Jesus. Believe that God has raised him from the dead and confess him. That's what the scripture says, right? That's all that's required. Not following the 613 other laws. Okay? So, I want us to look back at verse 1. All right? It says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. So, my first point is don't get stuck in slavery. Right? Don't fall back into slavery. Because guess what? We were enslaved before. We were enslaved to the law. We had to, hold, we had to uphold the law before Christ to earn salvation. Guess what, though? It's something that we could never do. So salvation has always been through faith. I want to say that and make that clear, okay? Salvation has always been through faith. But the way that it was laid out for us is that to earn salvation, we had to follow the 613 laws. But we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. It's always been through Christ. We are not enslaved to that anymore. Right? That's a wonderful, beautiful thing. It is an awesome thing. All right? But I have a question for you. You may have to think back for some of you. Uh, but what first attracted you to Jesus? What was the first time that you thought, man, I need, I need to... I need to really think about this Jesus guy. Why? Why did it come up? Was it because you were burdened? Your heart was burdened? Was it because you felt the weight of your sin? Was it because it just weighed on you like a ton of bricks or like you had the weight of the world on your shoulders that you were trying to carry and just be good enough? Christ offers freedom. Christ offers freedom, and he bought it for each one of us. So, I want to read to you a quote real quick. It's from a Puritan named Thomas Watson, and he said something so concise, so poignant. I love it. It says, Till sin be bitter... Christ will not be sweet. I want you to think about that. Till sin be bitter, Christ will not be sweet. We've got to understand that our freedom was bought with a price. Our freedom from keeping the laws, from the punishment of, of sin and hell, it was all purchased. Our freedom was purchased by the blood of Christ. And until you realize the weight of your sin and what attracted you to Jesus first was that freedom, Jesus isn't going to be sweet. So until your sin is bitter, Christ will not be sweet. Until you realize what you were saved from, you won't be able to live free. It requires a little bit of introspection. We're going to have to think back on how we go about our days and how we, go, how, uh, we think back on our lives before Christ. We've really got to dive into Man, I was expensive. <laughs> I 
That was expensive. It cost Jesus his life. It cost Jesus his life. So, I think it's, I think it's neat that Paul writes this. This is, a great, this, this is a great warning. It's something great to think about that we are free. But Paul warns us. He's just talked to the Galatians. He just, he just founded the church in Galatia. And then he's got people coming in trying to tell him, no, you've got to do these other things. And he, the Judaizers are trying to re-enslave the people to the law. They were already enslaved to the law. Jesus came and set them free. And now they're trying to put their chains back on. That's a wild thing to think, wouldn't it? Isn't it? It'd be like I'm sitting in a jail cell. And next thing I know, someone pays my bail and I'm free. The door is wide open. And I leave. Go get something from McDonald's and come straight back and sit in the jail cell again. With the door wide open. This is like, no, this is where I need to be. <laughs> but we do that sometimes, don't we? We try and say, no, it's got to be Jesus plus something. It's got to be Jesus plus tithing. It's got to be Jesus plus serving. It's got to be Jesus plus doing my devotional every day to earn salvation. That's what we say. It's not, though. All right, so don't fall back into slavery. Don't tell yourself that it's got to be Jesus plus something else to earn salvation. All right? The next thing is don't rebuy your freedom. It's already been paid. Those two are different things. The not falling back into slavery and not rebuying your freedom are two separate things. One is saying that, you know, like I said, I'm going to sit in a jail cell. Someone just paid my bail. I'm going to go out and get something and come right back to the jail cell. That's re-enslaving yourself, okay? Rebuying your freedom would be going out and telling, you know, <laughs> um, the sheriff's office, oh, I, kn I know I'm already free. Um... And I know somebody else has already posted my bail. But I want to pay for it too. How ridiculous is that? That's wild, ain't it? That's something else that we do though. All right, so let's look at verses um, 2 uh, through 4 real quick. It says, listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the, excuse me, by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. If we're counting on circumcision, if we're counting on showing up to church a few times a year, or tithing, or our parents' faith, or serving in ministry, or just following the rules, Christ is no benefit to us. If that's what we're counting on, Christ is no benefit to us, because we're trying to earn our way when it's already been paid. We're already, we're trying to work and rebuy our salvation that Christ has already purchased for us. All right? I'm not saying that those are bad things. I want to make that point clear. Those are not bad things. But when we make those a priority over our relationship and our walk with God, that's where the problem lies. 
Okay? So I was actually talking with uh, Kelsey about my message um, last night. And I tell you what, she actually had the best example that I could think of. And it was, she was like, it's like, you know, you're in desperate need of a car. <laughs> like you're in desperate need of a car. And someone random just walks by or drives by and says, hey, why don't you take this? Why don't you, why don't you take my car? And you look out and it's actually, it's like a Rolls Royce. You look out the window and it's a Rolls Royce, Okay. And you're like, are you sure? Are you positive? Are you sure I can take this? You're, you're 100% positive. And the, the person's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And then you hop in and go do what you need to do. And then at the end of the day, you go back to the dealership and say, look, I know this Rolls Royce was just purchased for me, but I want to pay for it again. I actually want to make, you know, weekly payments on this. I want to, I want to, I know it's been paid for, but I want to pay for it, you know, because I didn't earn it. So I want to rebuy this. I want to take this awesome gift that was given to me, and I want to make weekly payments on it. It's nutty. <laughs> it's nutty. But we do that, right? So when we place our faith in Christ, when we place our faith in Christ, there is no benefit in tithing or not, serving or not, attending church or not, or following the rules or not. There's no benefit in it. But, but, and I'm going to keep saying this, y'all, but if we trust in Christ, those things are good things, but they're not the main things, right? So, um, let's keep reading through real quick. Uh, but we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. If you've got a physical Bible in your hands and a pen or a pencil right beside you, I want you to underline that last, por that last part. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Man, that's a heavy thing. All right, let's keep reading. You are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. All right, so there's two things being understood here, is that there is obligation to the law and obedience to the law, and we confuse those two things. Obligation means we're not held to it anymore. Obedience, though, this is where, this is where that, um, this is the crux of the situation, okay? This is the crossroads. Obligation means you are held to it. That is the standard by which you are going to live now. Obedience, though, is the uh, other option. Obedience says, I want to do this because I want to do this. Obligation says, I need to do this because I have to do this. Okay? The law is not a bad thing. In fact, the law is a good thing because 
Uh, we read in, in, in Scripture that the law shows us our need for Jesus because we can't live up to that standard. But Jesus did. But Jesus did. Okay? So, obligation and obedience. But if you read verse 10, he says, I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. All right? So he's saying that those who are telling you that you still have an obligation to the law and obedience is, well, you know, it's an okay thing. But it's because you're obligated to the law. He, he equates those people. What does that last part say? Uh, he who has been confusing you. Who's the author of confusion? That false gospel that says that you have to earn your salvation, that's straight from the pit of hell. Right? Satan is the author of confusion. Right? And he's equating people who say, no, it's got to be Jesus plus something. He says that's a false gospel, and that is not the truth. The good news, the gospel, the gospel of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus has earned it. Jesus has earned it for us, and he gives it to us. Right? So, Jesus is not an add-on to our life. He is your life. So that's where the difference between the obligation and obedience comes in, okay? Jesus is not an add-on. You can't say, um, yeah, Jesus, just come along with me. I'm going to keep doing me and following all 613 laws. That doesn't work. That doesn't work at all. We have to say, okay, Jesus, where are we going? What are we doing today? And then whenever you follow him and walk with him, in step with him, then obedience is naturally going to happen, right? We're not obligated to the law. Jesus is not an add-on to our lives. He is our life, and obedience follows through or comes through in that, all right? So, don't fall back into slavery. Don't rebuy your freedom. And the third thing is don't treat your freedom recklessly. All right? So I just want to uh, read through these last few verses, all right? 13 through 18. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. In other words, walk daily with Jesus. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under, what's the word? Obligation to the law of Moses. Right? Don't treat your freedom recklessly. He says, don't use your, satis uh, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, Use your freedom to serve one another in love. Because guess what? That's exactly what Jesus do. That's what you're going to do if you're walking with him daily. Because at the end of the day, what our slavery does, 
Whenever we say, hey, I'm going to do all these things, and then that's how I'm going to earn my salvation, that's how I'm going to earn my spot in heaven, y'all, that's self-reliance. Self-reliance, 99.99999% of the time gets us absolutely nowhere. Right? When have you ever earned something 100% on your own? It doesn't happen. You earn things through relationship, right? You have your job because someone offered you a job. Right? Not because you created it yourself. I don't care how you look at it. If you, if you uh, started your own business... You have your business because people are buying something from you, right? It's all through relationship. You don't earn things on your own. You earn things through relationship, right? So these verses, they beg two questions, okay? What are you freed from and what are you freed to, okay? So like I said, number one, don't fall back into slavery. Number two, uh, don't rebuy your freedom. And number three, don't treat your freedom recklessly. So, what are you freed from and what are you freed to? Because uh, in verse, verse 14, Jesus told us that all the laws of the Old Testament can be summed up in two points. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is, as the first, love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Paul sums it up even further. He says, if you love your neighbor as yourself and you're walking with Jesus, you're following all 613 commands. You're following all 613 laws and rules. If you walk with Jesus, you're not going to be obligated to those things, but you're going to be obedient in it. Right? So, I want you all to think on those two things this week. What are you freed from and what are you freed to? Because guess what? Whenever you walk in freedom, we are free to be free. Right? I know that sounds crazy, and it may, you may have to think on that for a while to understand it, but we are free to be free. Right? That's a cool thing. That is a super cool thing. We are free to be free. Right? So, remember, what are you freed from and what are you freed to? Because your freedom does still require something of you. It does. Your freedom requires you to fall at Jesus' feet. Your freedom requires you to walk daily with him. And how do we do that? Paul says it in verses 16 through 18, right? So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. You got to offer up control to Jesus. You have to offer it up. You have to tell him, God, I surrender everything I am. Because that's where true freedom comes in. Whenever you're not in control anymore, man, that's an awesome thing. When Jesus is in control, it's an even better thing. You are free of responsibility. You are free of obligation. Right? 
but obedience will naturally follow. All right, so just to wrap everything up real quick. What are you freed from and what are you freed to? Because like I said, whether it be, whether you are freed from gossip, whether you are freed from, man, anything that you struggle with, God freed you from it. You have that freedom now. You realize you don't have to enslave yourself to it anymore. I want to go back to what Bobby always says. If there is a sin that God is convicting you of, stop. Just stop. You don't have to do it. You realize that, right? You don't have to do it. God has freed you from it. Don't be a slave to it anymore. And don't tell Jesus, man, I got to pay for this again. You know, it, it's, it's not right that you just give it to me for free. You know, I'm going to, I don't know, punish myself, I guess. I don't know. Put myself in time out. No, Jesus just says, just walk daily with me, man. Just walk daily with me. Let me lead. You follow. That's how this works. Don't rebuy it. But then walk daily with the Spirit and love one another. Walk daily and love one another. Right? So what are you freed from and what are you freed to? Those are awesome things to think about. All right? So let's pray. And then we'll be dismissed, okay? God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for this letter to the Galatians that Paul wrote. God, it's something that they struggled with as well. Not just because people come, uh, you know, the Judaizers came in and was trying to convince them uh, of a false gospel, but God, it's because there's something that lives within us that says, no, there's, there's got to be something that I can do to earn it that pride that wells up within us. God, I pray that you would just strip that away today. God, help us to fall into you. Help us to lean into, uh, into Jesus. Just fall at his feet. Just, just surrender everything we are, every desire that we have, every sin. God, just let us confess it to him so that way we can turn from it. God, we've been released out of the uh, bondage of sin but God, all too often we put the shackles back on ourselves. But God, help us to understand that you bought our freedom at a high price. We are so valuable. God, help us to understand that. God, help us to know that we were freed from something. But that also means that we were freed to do something. God, and that to do something is to follow you every day and just be obedient to what you have to say to us. Because God, it may put us in some, uh, it may take us outside of our comfort zones. God, you may be telling us to go talk to our neighbor about what you've done in our lives. God, we were freed to be able to do those things and not be fearful of the consequences. But uh because whenever we walk in you, God, you will never steer us wrong. You are always there to lift us up. So God, I just thank you for that. Thank you for being a faithful God and a faithful father to us. 
So God, help us just to walk daily with you. God, I pray that if there's anybody who doesn't know you, but God is feeling the weight of their sin on them, God, where you are convicting them and pricking their heart, God, telling them that there is a better way to do life than following all the laws. God, help them to know that you offer freedom. It is a free freedom. We are free to be free in that. It sounds like I'm just saying free a lot, but God, it is. Salvation is free. Salvation is freedom. And we just thank you for that. God, help us to, as we go throughout the rest of our week this week, is starting up a new one. God, help us to walk freely in you and be obedient to what you have to say. It's all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.